Hello, I am David Klajman from Fidelis. In partnership with IFA, the European Fundraising Association, welcome to the European Fundraising Podcast, a show where we discuss with some of our best European fundraisers how non-profit organizations can build long-term and deeper relationships with their donors. I receive today Richard Spencer, the co-founder of About Loyalty. Richard previously worked in many non-profits in England and he started his own company specializing in helping non-profits. In this episode, he explains why fundraisers shouldn't focus only on the money they got for, for their organization and how to maximize at the same time donors' experience and the money you fundraise. He invented a methodology to measure different aspects of the donor's experience, enabling to maximize it, therefore increasing fundraising in the long run. A very good way to take a step back and think about our job as a fundraiser. So let's listen to Richard Spencer. So welcome everyone. Uh, today I am welcoming Richard Spencer who is the co-founder of About Loyalty. Hello, Richard. Oh, hi there, David. How are you doing? Great, great. Um, so About Loyalty is a unique research-based consultancy specializing in helping non-profits to grow supporter loyalty. So, uh, Richard, thanks a lot for accepting my invitation. We are going to talk about fundraising and especially about loyalty. And you will first explain to us what loyalty is. So your, your statement is that improving the supporter experience to grow loyalty increases retention, income, and legacies. So I'm very excited that you explain to us uh, in details how we can do this. Um, first of all, my, my condolences for the death of the Queen. Uh, how are you feeling about that? Um, it's, it's, I think, I, I summed it up, I think, as it, it, the phrase an end of an era, at the end of an era has never been more true. Um, you know, 70 plus years, just quite quite astonishing how much commitment somebody's put into how much yeah how much time and commitment and sacrifice somebody's put into a, a, a yeah serving their country to quite their country yeah, yeah yeah well we all, we it's true we all love the queen even in uh, <laughs> us uh, in our Re French Republic but I, I heard that she she used to make jokes about. Uh, Uh, that it was in the republics that people uh, were the most enthusiastic about her. <laughs> That's what we say in France. <laughs> that we she did this joke to like uh, Valérie Giscard d'Estaing, uh, one of our French uh, president. Uh, she said that she she was never better welcomed than in France. In in all the republics, she had the same uh, <laughs> uh, great thing. So anyway, but this is not the main topic of the day. <laughs> uh, so uh, first of all, Richard, could you uh, introduce yourself? for the listeners of the podcast, please. Yeah, sure. Um, well, thanks very much, David, for um, inviting us along. So my name's Richard Spencer. Uh, I'm, I work at About Loyalty, one of the directors there with Roger Lawson. I mean, my history, oh, I, I actually started out at university doing an engineering degree, and I moved from there to become a, working as a management consultant for financial services. So I did a lot of work around Um, it was all very customer focused, retail financial services. So looking at helping helping financial services companies, so banks and insurance companies, they basically build better relationships with their customers. Okay. And quite soon after that, I moved 
across to become um i worked at a charity a conservation charity in the uk how did and, you move here? i'm always interested to yeah. understand how people arrived there was it like a really a pure hazard after doing finance you i'd well i'd looked i'd looked i often reflected on the work that i was doing and um I, I, I did. I wanted something with. It sounds a bit corny, yeah. It's a bit cheesy, but I did something. Want, but I did want something with more purpose. I wanted to feel like I was getting up in the morning and I was putting my time and efforts and energies into something that was adding to the world and in some way helping. And what I was doing, very, what you, know, it was. It was just keeping the wheels turning of stuff that really didn't matter. Um, yeah. so, How old were you when you? When you had this uh, epiphany, how old were you? Like 30 or um, after yeah, a few years uh, working, yeah, I mean? Late late 20s, probably. Late yeah. 20s, yeah. Probably around okay. 30. Um, yeah, okay, so, okay, so, so you were working, you were in a in charity? Your yeah, first charity, and, yeah. Yeah, the, the, um, uh, it was the RSPB, the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds. And the, the job title was quite, quite um, unusual. It was... Um, Uh, it was prospects audience coordinator, which to me sounded like I should be working at a, a cinema or a movie theater or something. But it was very much about this. Really reflected the RSPB's desire to become more um, oriented around audiences, oriented around supporters, oriented around you know the people who matter, the people who matter in terms of growing growing support for an organization. Um, and it wasn't quite there. It was it was it certainly needed um more changes than just kind of uh, some team structures and job titles but um, i was there for maybe a, a little more than a decade and we made some substantial changes there but, but um, i moved on from there and worked at a number of other charities across different sectors um and then um i picked up on a role which was to become director of the commission on the donor experience um which was a sort of a a time-limited project, um, the purpose of which was to bring together as much, I say, evidence or examples, um, inspiration and examples about people doing things to improve the experience of, of charity supporters, charity financial supporters. So it, it, like it was an organization aside from uh, any uh, non-profit that... Uh... You know, no, it was, it was it was completely independent. I worked with a number of people, uh, the two founders, so uh, Ken Burnett and Giles Pegram, and myself. We essentially steered the, the commission for about it was about two years, and then launched the uh, launched a big report at the end, which had a whole series of uh, recommendations about things that people can do to improve the supporter experience. Okay. The, the aim was to build. So we had a, we had a, I have, you know, several several thousand volunteers from around uh, mainly the UK, but there were some from around the world who were bringing forward their experiences, their case studies, their examples. Um, not saying it's the best way to do stuff, just just as suggestions for here's something that we did. It worked, a bit of inspiration or something to uh, provoke thought for people to help to help bring that together. Actually, this isn't a plug now, but you, you know, I don't know if you know Sophie's website, the uh, Showcase of Fundraising Innovation and Inspiration sofii.org but all of the stuff that came out of the commission is on there it's just free for people to use um, okay 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 so, but uh, this was a uh, like limited in the in the time you knew it was going to be like two years and then it was uh, this donor experience is, still yeah. exist or yeah yeah um so so no that that, that um concluded um i ought to be i ought to be able to remember which year it was i want to say 2017 um 
yeah, okay. I think it was 2017. Uh, but um, one of the projects that we ran um, for the commission was one about um, essentially kind of asking the question: what What should we be measuring? Because um, one of the one of the common stumbling blocks we come across is that if you're in fundraising, one of the things that is often measured is money. Um, yeah. Unsurprisingly, <laughs> um, money and value. Um, we are finding that that um, focus on measuring money was one of the main, um, or not maybe not one of the, the main, but it was a significant factor in undermining the experience that charity supporters had. So as people working in charities were held to account by how much money they were raising um, in over a short time period, maybe looking just over a 12-month period, that meant um, that the actions were often driven by, first and foremost, by about how to raise as much money as possible, which might mean, you know, you might, you might in an ideal world, send your appeal to just 10% of your, of your, of your supporters. But actually, if you, if you were looking to get as much money as possible, you might send it to more of your supporters, which might mean that it ends up getting sent to supporters who perhaps weren't particularly necessarily interested in that, that campaign or appeal. But actually, um, it was necessary in order to secure or to be more confident that you'd hit your kind of maybe your fundraising targets. And so you, you get this interesting balance where the finance starts to outweigh the experience that a supporter has or the financial objectives of the charity can start to outweigh the experience of a supporter. So one of the projects in the commission was about what should we measure? It asked the question, you know, what should we be measuring? And, and what is the, and before, uh, also what is measured and, and what is the goal? Is it, Is it to raise as much as money as possible, or, or, or I mean, degrading the experience of the of the donor can, in the long term, have a, I guess an effect on the finance you raise. Maybe you raise more money in the short term, and then in the long term, it's not good. That's what you mean. Absolutely, yeah. you're that's spot on, David. Absolutely spot on. So if you're only looking to the end of your financial year and you want to get as much money in that financial year as possible, yeah, then probably it's right to to go hard on your fundraising, to um, send lots of communications out, make lots of asks. Um, and in the short we, we, we say politician. <laughs> we do yeah, the same as politician. And more or less, we yeah. say we, we reproach this to politician, but uh, as a fundraiser, we do the same. That's what you say. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think yeah. in, in a lot of ways, those, as you've described, those approaches are financially effective and efficient over the short term and i think if you're running you know a commercial business if you're selling things where you get a thing a product or a service in return for your money so if you're if you're, if you're buying something then actually that's that's a um, you can absorb the impact of being asked a lot of times you can you know being spammed with lots of emails or whatever the, the word would be but if you, that, that can be absorbed because actually I might want to I might want to get the next iPhone or a Google phone or I might want to upgrade to a, a new TV yeah. or another pair of shoes or whatever it is um, because I, I might pay, pay that money and I might get something in return but actually for If you're giving money to a charity, the thing you get in return is the feeling. The thing you get in return yes. is the emotion, the experience. And if that thing that you get in return is, let's say, um, overshadowed by too many asks, too much demand, then actually that experience becomes um, less pleasant. 
Um, and so the very thing that you get in return, that good, that good feeling, that glow, that, that, that warmth, that feeling that you know that you're, you're helping, that you're supporting, that you're taking steps towards your own sort of dream about what the world could be like. I mean, that's what's going on, isn't it? I mean, for a lot of people, when they give to charity, it's their own dream. It's their own passion. It's their own vision, their own mission about how much better the world could be. And if they feel and recognize and know and understand that the, the actions they're taking are, are taking them towards that goal, then everybody's, you know, that's, 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 that's the outcome we're looking for. If, if the organization that's kind of been commissioned, <laughs> been entrusted to, to, to take that forwards is then keeps coming back and saying, no, nah, give us some more, no, nah, give us some more. It, it, it kind of, it, it draw it takes away from, takes away from the, that overall. So, so yeah, to, just to come back to your point, short term, it can work long term, it can be harmful just asking too much. And okay, one, okay. one of the challenges is what, what you're measuring because actually what you what you measure is what you get. And if you're focusing too much on the finances, that's kind of where you'll end up um, focusing activity. Okay, so okay, okay, no, right, no. right back to the, the commission. One of the projects we had on the commission was run by a gentleman called Roger Lawson. And it was all about what should we be measuring if we're going to truly focus on the experience. I think it leads, it's a leading question, but it's shouldn't we really be measuring something about how people are feeling rather than just um, how much money they're giving? Yeah. Um, and so, and, and he, it, it was, it was um, project number three in the commission, if you're interested in going having a look. There's lots of examples of different ways of measuring things. And one of the examples in there was a, a loyalty measure. This is actually something that Roger had been working up. Um, Sort of no, just, just before we go, because we're, um, and we're going back in a few minutes on on uh, on, on on the loyalty and all these big subjects. Oh, just uh, I want to do a, a short. So this is when you launched after the so your company about loyalty just after this uh, this uh, donor experience uh, uh, time and where you like discovered what you had to measure and so you then you 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 decided to start your own company on this specific matter. So a few years um, ago. Yeah, so yep. that's exactly when that. So I'd been leading the commission. Roger had been working on uh, a means of measuring loyalty. And when the commission wound up, we got together and said, "Hey, look, this is <laughs> this is an important subject we we are on." When I kicked off the commission, I met up with Roger, and he told me, "He said, hey, Richard, um, this this my project's the most important one." And, and I was like, brilliant, you know, because if, if all of the projects felt that, that was fantastic. But by the end of the commission, I agreed with Roger. <laughs> I felt oh, actually, yeah. do you know what? Roger was right at the beginning. Actually, what you measure, <laughs> it's it's absolutely the starting point, the foundation, baseline. But it's also how you know if you're improving anything, if you're if you're measuring it. So understanding what to measure, understanding how to measure loyalty is absolutely critical. So when I, got the end of the, when I got to the end of the commission. Roger and I got together and we were like, we need to make this methodology, this approach, this technique easily available to as many charities as possible because it's going to be vital if we're going to improve the experience and help all those supporters around the world fulfil their own dreams of a, of a better world, you know. Um, and we wanted to make that as available and accessible to as many charities as possible. Okay, okay, no, it's a, a goal, a, a good goal. I mean, to have in, in uh, for 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 its company to want to improve the experience of uh, and so the own experience, people people experience of how they help the world uh, and uh, helping people to be 
happier about what they do uh, when they help. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a good, uh, good, good, good challenge. Uh, okay, we, we are going to dive into this uh, in details, and because the question of, of course, is how how do you do this, and and uh, and how do you measure the effect, and how do you take action once you got the figures, extra. Just uh, uh, a few, uh, uh, just a, a, a few words about. Uh, uh, fundraising in, in in UK, you know, uh, as you know, one of the goals of the podcast is to show how fundraising and non-profit uh, communication works in different countries uh, in Europe. So uh, uh, can you give us a few ideas on the fundraising in, in England? Uh, I know this is a really wide question, but, uh, uh, well, pick it up where you want. And uh, can you tell us uh, now what, what, how is fundraising doing in uh, in, in in England today, uh, have you got the? We hear a lot about the cost of living crisis and uh, and all this. Uh, has it does it have an impact on charitable support today in England? Um, yeah, there's a few factors, I guess. So um, in in the last over the last few years, obviously GDPR has had an impact on the number of people that charities are able to contact and how they're able to contact them. So that's made things a little bit more. So difficult. GDPR had a, had a really uh, massive impact or major impact because in France, we, we everybody, you know, every charity you know, takes it very seriously, but I'm not sure we could say that uh, it had an impact on, 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 on fundraising or the amount they fundraise or, or the, the techniques. I mean, they take it into account. They are careful about it. But I won't say that it had a big impact. You would say that in England, it had a I, I, impact. I, I couldn't quantify it, but it has had an impact. But I don't know. I don't know to what um, okay to what degree. Um, but it's one of the factors. It's made it a little bit more tricky. So, uh, so would you say that there's a like a growing demand and less funds? Uh, I mean, how, how is fundraising this year? I know in France, it's it's quite the figures are are bad this year compared to. Uh, the COVID years where it was good, but we had so the election have, to the, this year, so maybe it, there's an impact. How, how is it in England? So I think the biggest impact at the moment is the um, cost of living crisis, which is kind of hitting more layers of society than than kind of previous crises, pre- previous financial crises. Um, and with, it's not a straight kind of, or people are finding times hard, so they're giving less to charities. The kind of the nature of giving is changing. So we're finding that um, smaller donations are falling off. So those people who might give small amounts are not giving at all. So there aren't. So there, there, those those volumes of small donations are falling away. But finding those people who are perhaps um, slightly more well off are recognizing that you know that there's a greater need and are actually giving more. Um, so there's a there's a bit of a, an offset there, but that kind of the point at which people's uh, personal financial circumstances are going to be affected by the cost of living crisis is is shifting and it's affecting more and more people as time goes on. So that, it, it's possible and likely that there will be an there will be an impact on those kind of um, more secure, more resilient charity donors. I expect. Um, okay. I hope not, but possibly. Yeah. So the other thing is that that we've, we've been talking about. So everybody's finding acquisition and reactivation. So getting new supporters or or re reengaging old supporters. Everybody's finding that more difficult at the moment. And um, and retention is probably it's it's mixed. Let's say. So we've talked to about 
10 or 20 different charities and we're finding a real mix of experience so some charities are doing really well retaining supporters and actually um performing ahead of previous years um, but then there are other charities who are are actually um losing more supporters than they're gaining um so are kind of in a in, in um, getting yeah reducing in terms of uh, the income generation capability so there's a real mix there but i think it's certainly very very difficult whichever way you're looking and on, so if you then look at that as a whole, the one thing you you know you must do is to um, keep your existing supporters. It has to be about retention. It has to be about what can you do to ensure that you pr- could deliver a, a, an experience to your supporters that gives you the best chance of retaining them for, for future support. Whether yeah. That's okay, okay. So... Okay, so uh, let's uh, dive into uh, uh, to your about loyalty and and how important loyalty is. And also, uh, it's a good transition. Uh, so, could could you also could you start start with first maybe a definition of uh, what you call loyalty, and and then explain uh, to us why uh, why you've started, but why it's important. Okay, so loyalty is a uh, seven-letter word, isn't it? Which um, you know. That you could probably define it in as many ways as you've got listeners. So if you ask each of your listeners to say, what do you mean, what does you define the word loyalty, you'd have lots and lots of different definitions for that. So I think it's important that we're clear about what we mean that's about loyalty when we talk about loyalty. Yeah. Um, so, so loyalty is not what people do. Um, so we, when we talk about loyalty, we don't talk about behavioural loyalty. So we don't talk about... In charity terms, we don't talk about the number of times people make a donation. We don't talk about retention. When we talk about loyalty, we don't talk about upgrading, repeat giving, leaving gifts and wills, um, even giving consent. So those actions, those behaviours, those aren't loyalty. Those are those are consequences of high loyalty. So if somebody okay. takes that, you know, practices that behaviour. Um, that's because they are a loyal supporter, because they have high loyalty. Um, we measure, so, so the loyalty is not that behaviour. The loyalty is why they make that behaviour. The loyalty, the loyalty sort of comes before the behaviour. So it's the thing that drives it. Loyalty is that feeling of connection. It's that feeling of support, that feeling of allegiance that leads to those behaviours, that leads to that long-term support. So if you picture in your mind, you've got a heart on the left, and then a, a, I don't know, a leaky bucket or a, a donation on the right. They're the, the kind of on the right hand side. If you've got, you know, those are all the transactions and things that people do. And on the left, the heart. That's what we measure. We measure how people are feeling, and we measure those feelings um, that that are directly responsible for the future behaviours. Okay, so, so it's a mix of, uh, of of you know, like the heart and feelings, and also people also. Um, are loyal because uh, they think so it's a mix of you know decision uh, backs on facts and, and yeah. also on, on emotion so all this is is, is in uh, loyalty yes yeah. um you know and go to we've, we've got um i know we're going to talk a little bit about the methodology but um our, you can download a report from our website which talks which has lots of detail all about the definition of loyalty um the methodology how we do it how we measure it so i think 
you know, if anyone's interested in having a slightly longer read of that, then, you know, please go ahead and, and as a, as a you know, standard report, just from the red. From yeah, the yeah of course. And I will, of course, put the link uh, of the report. Uh, it's a great yeah. report and, and, nice and uh, you can have all the details in your report that was published in, in June. Uh, so if you yes, want. that's right. Yeah, it was, it was in June, um, sort of around the middle of June. But okay, so, um, so, so say it's, it's normally charity are very good at measuring uh, performance, uh, so income, or, or or even a number of visit on your website, or yeah. all, all these kind of things. But but the, what you are actually measuring is 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 new, huh? or have you ever seen you know, this kind of measure before? Or are you the first one you think uh, of going that deep into the identity and soul of the of, uh, of the donor so lots of charities all charities measure those behavioral outcomes so income upgrades retention lifetime value your consent rates all of those things so charity a lot of charities measure those a lot of charities also measure things like satisfaction they'll measure happiness and have a they'll run maybe a support satisfaction survey and find out how their supporters are feeling yeah now what we do that is unique is we have simplified, defined, and quantified the relationship between feelings and the behaviours. So as far as we're aware, nobody else has done that. So we we know which feelings are important when it comes to driving the behaviours um, that charities are looking for. So, yeah. Okay, so, so basically you can answer to... Um, or is it this or to the question why do people give or maybe this question is too too too, too difficult or um, um, so we we run um well we've been, we run the research kind of continuously but the last we ran a, a, a sort of a discrete piece of work ran from 2018 to 2021 so it's over three years and we included um nearly fifty thousand charity supporters in that in that study there's 48,923 charity supporters from 12 charities um over a period of three years and for the duration of that time we measured um how they felt about the charity across a number of different aspects so we measured through through research um how strongly they felt about how committed they were how engaged they felt whether they were picking up knowledge, how well they thought the charity performed, whether they had a personal connection, how satisfied they were with the relationship, whether they kind of shared values with the charity. So a whole range of different areas. We measured, um, so there were 10 areas that we measured. Can, that, can, can, uh, can you, yeah, so, so these 10 areas are the 10 uh, like, um, pieces of, of what you call what you put into loyalty? Uh, and so... I guess they're 10 hypotheses. So we said, look, here are we had a long list before and we've, we've narrowed this down to these 10 areas and we've said, okay, let's, let's test to see which of these 10 um, emotions, these 10 feelings, um, let's put them, let's put them into research um, and their hypotheses, these things that people feel, um, let's identify which ones are most responsible or most predictive of people's future financial support um, okay. and uh, then, just just to give it to, just to say so for it's clear so it's clear to everyone these ten so it's commitment satisfaction trust uh, perceived performance risk values engagement personal connection knowledge and uh, social capital so of yes. course 
each of these you you, um, you have to understand a bit what's inside. You, well, we understand what commitment or trust. I think this uh, these one are quite easy to well, satisfaction, uh, yeah. risk. Okay, all these are, are we understand basically what it means. And so uh, um, your goal, if I understand well, in your uh, study was to um, measure. Uh, on each of these uh, 10 subjects uh, when you uh, well, where the donors were on each of these subjects on, in details basically. that's correct yeah um, and also monitor their um, giving to charity so we measured both how they're feeling great against those 10 areas and we also looked at the their actual giving behavior um, so then with those, with those, we have over three years for 50,000 people, we've got a huge amount of data. So we're able to then um, do some analysis. We're able to control for a whole range of different variables. So we might think, oh, you know, maybe male and female donors behave differently. So let's take that out as a variable. We might think, oh, let's look at different products that people might have. Let's take that out as a variable or how old somebody is or how long they've been a supporter for. So we can control for those variables. So we took out all of the noise from the data we're left with just um, what were those, how much each of those feelings were responsible for future financial support. So we were able to like analyze those data in a lot of detail to draw out only the relationship between the emotion, the feeling, and the future financial support. Um, okay, so so um, so the the goal is is we 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 come back to the financial support. The the goal is to see. Uh, in the end, what drives better the financial support? And then, of course, so how we are going to be able to work on these feelings to increase the financial support? This is it, it stays the the uh, the main uh, goal of uh, the organization. Are we? Do you agree on this? Or yes, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, the, the goal is clear, and it's good. I mean, I, we are all. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the organization so, need money, so this we. But in the long term, yeah. I've never, I've never pictured it like this before. But if you imagine like a Venn diagram, and you've got two overlapping circles, and one circle is how do we deliver a great experience, and then the circle on the right is how can we maximise um, fundraising for the charity. Yeah. Um, so if you look at that left hand circle, there's an overlap, isn't there? And ideally, we want to be operating in that overlap. So we want to be delivering the best experience for supporters in a way that maximizes the charity's ability to fundraise. That's what we want. Um, we don't necessarily want to be in the, the in only the fundraising circle because that might be what we were talking about before and actually might impact. If yeah. it's not a good experience, it might, it's likely to have, yeah, it might deliver you results this year, but in future years, you might find that you're, you're struggling. That's, that's not so good. And also you don't want to be in the supporter experience circle that isn't raising money because what you're going to be doing is spending lots of money, delivering brilliant experiences, that aren't raising money for your charity and you really don't want to be there. You want to be in that sweet spot in the middle, delivering amazing experiences that are maximizing the charity's ability to raise money. That's what you want. And that's what we've identified is where those two things overlap. Okay. So, so to be very you know, concrete on how you, you did this, uh, this is a very scientific approach. So you, 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 you send emails basically to you. So you, you worked with uh, different um, nonprofits. Like you said, there was 50,000 people in, in, in total you, you worked on. And uh, yeah. so you, 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 by email you send and by the question you sent on, in these emails, you were able then to, like uh, the question number two uh, was uh, about uh, 
commitment and the number four or what values or basically this is yeah so yeah there's a, there's a, a short questionnaire that covers those 10 different areas do you have an example just to, of, of one question just so we understand uh, what could be uh, one of the questions you asked to to the donors uh, yeah absolutely I mean if you have the questionnaire just So one of the questions in satisfaction relates to being being thanked appropriately, for example. I say, uh, sorry, what, what, the, what is the question? Do you are you do, do you feel that you are thanked uh, in a good in a good way? That was a question that you asked yes. the donor. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I'm, so yeah, I, I'm, I am thanked appropriately for my okay. gift to a charity. So that is one of the questions under satisfaction, for example. All, all of the commitment, all, you know, the core questions that drive loyalty are all in the report. Um, I'm, and it's, I think it's important to get the wording right. So that's why I'm, I feel like just, um, I don't have them here right in front of me. I can, I can just um, get them now. So here we go. So um, I care passionately about the work of a charity. So we might have that question and we'd be, we would ask uh, people to Ask, ask them to express the degree to which they agree with that question. So, and it could be anything from strongly agree to strongly disagree. Okay. About caring passionately about the work. Um, as I said, the I, I'm always thanked appropriately for any gift. That might be another one. And again, it would be about the degree to which people agree, the strength of agreement with that question. So what we're able to do, and, and I say there's a whole series of questions covering those 10 areas. So we're able to, and then to give each so each charity support will have a, um, a a score, if you like, against each of those 10 areas. Um, and we can track those over time because we did this over three years. And we can then also track their giving over that same three-year period and then analyse the two together to understand which of those sort of 10 areas are most important in terms of delivering sort of maximising fundraised income and, and long-term support. And so that by doing that, we're able to sort of identify and describe that sweet spot where experience and efficient fundraising meet. So where those two things come together. Okay. So um, okay, yeah. And, and so, what is the? Can you give us the? the I mean, a summary of the results. What are yeah. the, these main drivers? Yeah, uh, and then we will see a, how play on them. And <laughs> first of all, what are they? So the, the top three, um, and so well, the, the most important driver of loyalty and future support is commitment um so that's the most important driver and that's really it's, it is it's that passion that a supporter feels towards you your cause what you work towards it, it is about the work you do um it's about the goal that you as a charity exist to to fix um, and it's also about how a supporter feels about the relationship with the charity so it's the, it's the charity its purpose its goal and its work but then it's also about um, the relationship with the charity. So it's okay. a belief. It's. I was talking before about, um, um, you know, a, a charity has a mission, but then supporters also have their own missions, and where where that comes together and is in close alignment, where what what a, what a supporter feels to be their personal mission, um, is closer as close as it is to the the sort of the, the charity's mission. That's you're going to get sort of large commitment there. And interestingly, um, commitment is the most important driver across 
all charities, all sectors, etc. But the, the but the way commitment can be built is can be quite different. So for health charities, it can be more about personal connection than it might be, say, for environmental charities. But it's still all about commitment. So commit the, the way in which you grow commitment for different charities can be quite different. Okay. And the yeah. second yeah. The second most important driver is satisfaction, um, and that's that's kind of probably the one area that most charities are probably that is most commonly measured. Um, but maybe not in a way that actually correlates with future financial support. There's a number of areas in satisfaction, but it is about um, going the extra mile as well. It's about how it's it's um, it's when my expectations are exceeded. Um, it's important to understand why supporters give. So I think one of the key elements in here is um, knowing uh, me as a supporter. I will give a, a high satisfaction score if I feel the charity understands who I am and why I support. So it's I'm, so I'm not as a, a nameless, faceless supporter, but perhaps okay. in the communications to me, the things that I've done are acknowledged. The reasons I care are acknowledged. Perhaps some of the things that are important to me are are, are noted or, or included. So it is about personalization, but it's personalization not just at a dear Mr. Spencer kind of level. It's it's reflecting an understanding, demonstrating understanding about why I offer my support. So that's 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 a key okay. part to satisfaction. And then the third driver of loyalty and future support is trust. Um and trust is one of those things that is it's sometimes it's quite it's quite easy to to be damaged. And actually we've seen a number of times when a charity might get negative coverage in the media it kind of has an impact on all charities and you know, as a whole so it's it's something that is um it's, a, it's an important it's, it's, it's obviously it's important in loyalty um but i think trust isn't I just to don't say so trust isn't um you know do you spend do you pay your ceo too much you know your directors too much do you are you spending too much on administration that's not that's not where, where trust sits in our measure. Where trust sits for us is it's more about um, are you are you spending money on the areas that I think you should be spending money? And we're not saying that charities should follow what supporters want, um, but um, a charity might prioritise um, spend on research or care or prevention or protection or finding cures or resolving solutions. It might be at a systemic level or at a very practical hands-on level. Lots of different ways in which charities can spend their money. Trust comes when the supporter looks at those decisions about how the charity has said it will spend its money and gone, do you know what? I agree with that. That makes sense to me. I'm, I can sit alongside how that charity's made its decisions. Okay. Trust is not uh, when... Uh... I think the money is going on this uh, particular thing. It is really going on this. This is another part of trust. No, uh, no. Um, like, so, uh, so the, the so one the first part of trust is: Are they spending money on areas that I think they should be spending money? So, do I agree? Can I, yeah. can I do I feel comfortable with how they're deciding to spend money? Their priorities. That's the first one. And the second one then is: And can I see that they're making a difference on that on with that decision? So, the thing that they said they'll spend money on. Can it be shown to me that the, the, that they are making progress? I'm, can I see results? Is it tangible? Is it? Can I okay. see the impact? So that's the other a really important part of trust as well. So it's about using funds appropriately and delivering outcomes um, that they promise. 
Okay, okay. When, uh, of course, when, when listening to all this, you, 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 you can, you know, one can think, oh, yeah, of course, I know that people have to trust me or have satisfaction. It's, 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 of course, not a discovery, but, but being able to, you know, really, uh, note each of your action and to have like, like this, uh, this template in, 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 in your head where you say, ah, oh, yeah, this, if I do this, it's going to have a, an impact on, more on satisfaction or more on trust or more on commitment. This is important to, to drive all your action and to give a, like a, a frame of what the, of what the NGO, what the nonprofit is, uh, is doing. Is that correct? I mean, it's, it's, you're not in the dark anymore. You, you know, when you do something, you can actually measure and, and, and know exactly what of these, uh, what, what you're doing what you're going to impact exactly and because we use the same methodology across um well across over 30 charities now um so one of our one of the charities that we're working with has a very good loyalty score scores very well on commitment and benchmarks very well on commitment also benchmarks very well on satisfaction um but their trust score their trust score is really it benchmarks very low compared to where you think they ought to be so what that allows them to do is to say okay um Let's 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 dig in a little bit more deeply. Um, we know that our our regular donors, our regular givers, are really important at the moment. Let's have a look at what we're doing. Let's look at some of those communications. Let's look at our retention, renewal, um, whether those are emails or letters, whatever they are sending out. Um, maybe it's a, some copy on a on a website page. Let's look at that and, and through the lens of trust, um, how well are we doing? Let's look at the words we're using, the concepts we're using, the images we're using. Are we demonstrating that we're doing the right things and making the difference that, that our supporters are after? Or perhaps is that where we're falling down? Um, so, so what it allows charities to do is very quickly to sort of diagnose. Um, oh, just for, uh, for example, this, this charity you're talking about that had a problem on trust. Can you maybe dive in a bit into this? Just to, if it's a, is it a good, good example of, did they discover why their trust uh, score was uh, low and did they act on it? Uh, did it have results? So, um, so one of the, one of the, I don't want to go into too much detail, but one of the areas was around um, the difference between sort of key audiences that work with this charity. Um, and so we're, we're literally in the next couple of weeks going out to um Sort of remeasure loyalty, and which we'll get the results uh, in in kind of about in about four or five weeks' time. So we're just doing that now. So we did the first measure, and then we've put so we've had some hypotheses and put some actions into place. But we'll be measuring that over, I say, over the course of September, and then coming back with some results a bit later. Happy to come back and talk about those, but um, it, it all depends. We might even be able to get a case study, and they they might be happy to come back and talk about about that in more detail. Um, okay, okay, and and also maybe, maybe can you talk about? Well, of course, uh, then uh, people can read the report and, and see uh, mm-hmm. uh, in more details. But but um, uh, what is the the process to put in place this study? Uh, uh, how long does it take? Uh, uh, you know, I guess it's not in two minutes, and and it, it, you have to adapt to your organization. Tell us about the. The process of you know, if a charity comes to you, say, okay, I'm interested. Uh, I think it's it's important. How can I put it in place? What happens next? Um, well, we'd we'd get together. Um, we'd agree um, who we'd research, 
how we would research them and when we would research them. So we would agree an approach for um, doing the supporter research. Um, that would be um, that's a, a relatively quick and easy thing to set up. Um, the surveys that we run are usually live for a couple of weeks, and okay. then and then we analyze the results. The data goes into a an online portal, and and we then have a have a kind of a workshop after the after after the fact. And so we about loyalty go through the results and say, well, actually, here are your top line summary outputs. You got to we'll give you a sort of a judgment on the overall score um, on commitment. Like, like how many test. emails do you have to? How many donors do you have to? Minimum do you have to have in the database to be able to work and have a, have information on the. On the different score. I mean, if, if, uh, if someone comes and like, okay, I have uh, 100 uh, uh, donors, I guess it's 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 too few, too low, too too few to have a. Yes, it is, and so I think with with charities, with it, it's it's not like um, there isn't like a cut off number. We would usually have to have a discussion, but I think you know um, we would want. Yeah, yeah, we, we would have a discussion, but for larger charities, um, we would certainly want to do the sort of high volume. Chase Index research because it's the Chase Index that, that we use for that, and and for the, maybe some of the smaller charities, rather than looking at um, a qualitative approach, sorry, a quantitative approach, would 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 take a more qualitative approach and um, looking at a review of communications against the principles of growing commitment, growing satisfaction, and growing trust. So, so where we don't recommend doing the 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 actual research, we still strongly advocate for taking action to look at commitment, satisfaction and trust. So we've got different approaches to growing those. Um, so we can't, you, you wouldn't necessarily get a measure, um, but you can still in, um, apply the principles. Okay. And, and who needs to, uh, is it a lot of work inside the organization to to do the, the, the survey and the process? Or, I mean, who needs to be uh, working inside the organization? Is it now uh, Uh, management is it uh, the head of the organization is it fundraisers is it communication who's involved um that's a huge question and there are as many answers as there are charities so every charity we work with um it feels kind of different so i remember one charity we've worked with when we first ran the research for them their basically their chief executive said hey guys commitment is so important we are going to make growing supporter commitment an organizational priority um don't know quite how we're going to do that yet but it's so important we that that's just a stake in the ground creates some real organizational clarity on how to grow supporter commitment that's sort of at one level so that was from right right from the top as a strategic priority okay and other other organizations it's it's more um it's more operational it's more tactical um so there can be areas where um, we might be looking at a improving particular thanking program for maybe an audience. And so we've got a great example on, on our YouTube channel from uh, Chris at National Deaf Children's Society, where they, based on the back of the insights, where can they asked the question, where where can we most quickly and efficiently grow loyalty? They looked into satisfaction first and foremost, and then into thanking as a part of satisfaction and made some changes to copy, language and approach to their thanking program. So it was quite um It's quite an operational reaction to the insights, and you know, very hands-on, very pragmatic, and taking about taking 
taking small steps to improve kind of that that experience and loyalty. What, what um, did they do? Just you, you, this uh, syncing program? When they, they they changed the way they synced or they? Yeah, they changed. They 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 looked at the copy in the light of the results that they'd got on a particular particular audience, particular segment, um, and um, and yeah, and and the following year they'd seen retention improve in that segment. Um, so as with all of these things, it's very difficult to draw a single line between um, loyalty and results because there's so many other things happening. Yeah. Um, but but we know from you know, the science that we've done, from the research that we've done that underpins it, that these factors are significant in driving loyalty and in driving future support. So we know they contribute. But, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but it's very, very difficult in in the real world to say that action created that outcome because there's yeah. so much else going on. Yeah, of course. Um, okay, and uh, so, so the National Death Children's Society was a, a good example and concrete. We see uh, they, they measured uh, uh, and they had a, a goal on satisfaction and they take concrete action on the sinking program. And at the end, uh, uh, they had an effect on, on, on satisfaction and then on, on uh, the... The way the the retention. Um, yeah. Do you have um? Do you have other examples? Uh, you know, I think I, uh, I understood the theory quite well. I I, I understand how, how you work. I, I can see how how much work it is at the beginning to well to to build this program. Between like you said, it, it, charities are different, but all the work you did. Can you what part can you use to on 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 a new charity that arrives today? And what what is specific to. Uh, uh, a charity. Uh, I mean, uh, the, the 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 three main pillar uh, things you, you, you trust, and uh, it's across all charity. You find the same uh, results, or or there's difference. Um, so commitment, to, commitment, satisfaction, and trust are the three most important drivers um, for for supporters of any charity. They're they're, they're consistently the top three. Okay. Okay, okay. And, and you think there can be uh, differences in other countries? I mean, for the moment, you, you only did it in, in England. Do you think so you will done, find the... We've, we've worked with um, one charity and its supporters in Germany, Italy, and the US, and Australia. Um, and there are similarities. Um, and, and, and in fact, actually, if uh, we're, we'll, be, we'll be talking about that in more detail. So maybe we'll save that for another podcast, but we're talking about that in more detail at our, our loyalty day in November, um, where we're looking at really about that, that whole kind of um, how loyalty plays out in, in kind of different, different geographies. So please okay. do come along there. We're, we've not, what is this? Not, what is it? Your loyalty day? What is this? You have a, a special event? Uh... Yeah, every year, the third Thursday in November, every year we have a, a free open kind of, um, they've got webinars, seminars, discussions. It's it's all about bringing people together to to talk about loyalty, understand how to grow loyalty. Um, and, and this year we're having a focus on 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 um, measuring loyalty around the world and different things that charities are doing around the world. Okay, but it's free. I mean, it's free. It's online, and you have to register. Yeah. How do you? Um, yeah. So we've not got it up yet, but it'll be going up very soon. Um, and on our website, there'll be um, you can just, just register free free to register. Um, okay. You know, and just just yeah, come along. So we'll be that, that's that's certainly something that's um, that, that this audience is probably 
Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, and if a, a charity is is, uh, is interested, you, can you? I guess it's different from depends on the size of the charity and all this. But do you have a uh, an, an idea on the cost uh, for the charity to 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 put in place this uh, this first program? And um, I think if if you're interested, just get in touch and we'll have a conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. This today isn't about selling and stuff. But yeah, no, this no, is course. about. But yeah. Um, okay, is it difficult on the mathematical side to uh, all these data? I mean, uh, did you study uh, statistics uh, before? Um, so, so we work with um, um, experts in analysis and regression to do the the full the full data work. It isn't something that we ourselves are qualified to do. So we. We work with and um, we we employ special statisticians to okay. do that and analytical work. So to, I think the, I think the answer to your question is it's it's very complex yeah, and yeah. requires advanced just statistical sure. experience and knowledge to to kind of to conduct that analysis. Okay. And I think it, it's it's beyond probably um, the capabilities of most people. Yeah, 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 I'm sure. Okay, okay, but this is part of your program. Then you, when yeah. you, you collect the data and you, you make, you, you, you make a, a statistician or uh, who know the job and who are expert in this uh, do the uh, the analysis. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, to, let me add to a very tight brief. <laughs> um, so, the, well, we don't tell them what we're looking for, but we do tell them um, the brief is to identify the relationships and the not not just the correlations but which factors are driving other factors and they're creating predictive models based around those feelings and the behaviors in that that huge that huge data set that we've got and that that is growing actually um and and what drops out of that analysis is that removing all other variables from um, cleaning up all the kind of the influences, the three most important, the emotional drivers of, of support are about, of, again, as I say, it's commitment, satisfaction, and trust. Yeah, of course. And I guess the more data you have and the more relevant your the whole study is, I mean, uh, you keep uh, uh, improving your, your analysis with uh, the data you have uh, across uh, you know, a lot of donors or... Or... Um, yes, yeah, we do. So we've we, we've rerun the research a number of times now, and it's it, it always comes out commitment, satisfaction, and trust. And so we're certainly for the for the for the for the foreseeable future, we're maintaining though that that core those those as the core of the loyalty drivers. But what we do around that is we also look at other other drives and other things. So over the last couple of years, we did um, we looked at hope. Um, we looked at well-being. We looked at uh, you know, while a lot of the world was in lockdown and people were feeling less optimistic about the future. Um, we investigated some other drivers that might be okay. influencing people's um, likelihood of giving to charity. Or, or um, but, but even then, it, even then, even through that time, it still came back to those three core drivers of commitment, satisfaction, and trust. It was very reassuring. Um, but yeah, it's it's so so we when we continue to look at. Um, and investigate other areas. So whenever we do sort of big waves of research, um, we, we explore explore new areas. So we're constantly looking for other theories, other um, models of um, uh, uh, sort of 
either social or psychological that might be around giving other other emerging ideas and um, theories and hypotheses and so we'll, we'll incorporate that into our own research as well to see where that fits alongside the current drivers see if it's um, uh, more important if it's if it's trending at all and so um, yeah so our, our core loyalty remains the same but we're we're, we're always on the lookout for okay um, it's funny yeah, yeah. you, 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 you see yourself as a researcher or as a uh, because it's all it's, it's research it's it's very um, uh, intellectual stuff uh, and also it's it's practical I mean you can uh, you have the chance to put it into into uh, into the real world and, and to have concrete results uh, it's it's not that often that you have uh, you can have the both sides I mean uh, I know uh, people in in, in in university who do these kind of studies but they sometimes they, they have problems to have that data and they have to work with charities but it's difficult to to have the data and to make them on it's great to be on both sides do you see yourself more on the research side or 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 or, or not um oh gosh that's a really difficult question i think no, i mean that, but, but, I, I think yeah. we it's it's really important to balance both so and, and, I, and I think it is a good balance. So we don't do the research unless it's going to deliver something practical that charities can do something with. Um, but equally, we're not going to we're not going to uh, offer up any recommendations that aren't based on sound science. Yeah, if you see what I mean. So so both both are important. So it has to be based on sound science. So we have to be. Um, robust in our methodology and our analysis that's that's the foundation but as i say if it doesn't if it doesn't offer up useful practical recommendations for charities then there's there's literally no point in doing it really so it, it they, they both have to be there yeah okay okay no no it's great it's uh it's great and like i said it's not that uh often to have uh no both uh the the, the the, the the theory and the practical side uh, inside it's it's uh, it's uh, quite inspiring okay uh, well thank you uh, thank you <laughs> well we we are just over an hour so I, i'm we are going to conclude now i'm trying to you know keep the episodes around an hour uh, just maybe a, a last question uh, uh, you know more on yourself and can you tell me what you know, what inspires you and and you know, why why do you keep doing this job and uh, getting up in the morning and yeah, tell me uh, uh, what you know, what fires you up in the morning. Um, it has to be all of those millions of people around the world who give their, who willingly, voluntarily give their time, give their money to charities to make the world a better place. So the 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 the, the idea, the fact that there are so many people who are, are are prepared to give to help others is the biggest inspiration. And there are so many, um, so many great examples. I remember when I first started working in a charity, my boss at the time talked about um, when she was running an appeal. So it was a fundraising appeal, asking supporters to make a donation. And um, at that time, the all the all the responses came through the post in 
in sacks and big big bags into the into the organization and they would be there opening the mail and processing the donations and uh, at the time um uh, my boss's lady she opened uh this is this is her story so i hope i'm reflecting it well but she opened the um opened one of these these letters and inside there was um there wasn't a there wasn't a, a check or a donation but there was a, a letter a note um and a wedding ring fell out with with the letter and the letter read um dear charity um yeah you know, i was so touched by your appeal and really want to help um but i don't have um i don't have any, any money to give you and um, instead, I've enclosed my late mother's wedding ring and asked that you auction this ring and any proceeds you get from from the sale goes towards the appeal, please. You know, so so it's it's, it's it's you know uh, just the, the 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 it's it's humbling that that people would give something so precious um, for a cause for something they believe in so so strongly to make the world a better place. It's just like, you know, that, that, that level of selflessness and generosity is, is, is humbling and inspiring. And it's, it's knowing that there are people like that and it's um, helping charities nurture people like that, love people like that and, and continue to support and, and help people like that to fulfil their own dreams and about making the world a better place. So it's it's that that's that's what this is all about. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of maths and science and statistics and practical yeah. stuff and data, but actually at the heart of it is it's about amazing people doing selfless things to help others. Yeah, yeah, God, what a what a story. Yeah, yeah, it's always uh, I'm always amazed, and it's, I mean each donation is like a miracle uh, sometimes. Yeah. When I, you look yeah. uh, from a high perspective. I mean, uh, people don't have to give, and just they give from the bottom of their heart. And it's uh, like, yeah, each even like a small donation uh, is a miracle. Or when people give their wedding ring or their mother's souvenirs, yeah, that's amazing. Um, I, I, I like that. Each donation is a miracle. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, Richard. I think we really come to the end of this interview thank you very much uh, it's been a, a pleasure having you uh, I think it, yeah, it's great uh, to see how you know, our work as fundraisers m must lie on tools and techniques uh, like you showed us uh, that uh, you know decision can be based on experience and emotion yes but it's not enough and uh, uh, yeah, I, I, we understood well that uh, today um, you know, techniques and tools we 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 always have to you know have them to 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 serve the the cause we work for, uh, and it's a mixture of all this is this uh, emotion and these techniques that uh, make us better as what we do. So, uh, Richard, thanks again for having showed us all this. Uh, so, whoever is interested in you know, putting in place these techniques, please uh, contact Richard. Huh? You, uh, I guess you on. Uh, I will put your link to your LinkedIn profile on the in the description. I guess you. It's easy to find you, uh, LinkedIn um, yeah. or on your, your Yeah, come to the website. Our contact details are on the website or, yeah, LinkedIn. Um, yeah, the, the website is, is about loyalty.com, uh, uh, .uk? About-loyalty.com or you could join our Facebook group, which is called All About Loyalty. 
Uh, so if you search for all about loyalty in Facebook, join that group. Um, yeah, knock on the door, we'll let you in. And there's a whole load of people there t- talking about how to grow loyalty. So you can come and join join the chat. Um, and, and say, yeah, I just um, there's, there's, there's lots of different ways of getting in touch. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So, I will put uh, yeah, I say, the contact in the, in the guest description. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, um, great. Richard, thanks again. And no, Daddy, see you thank soon. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's been great to chat and I'll speak soon. <laughs> bye bye. Congratulations. You have listened to this episode of the European Fundraising Podcast until the end. Thank you for sharing this episode with at least two of your colleagues around you or just hijack their phone and subscribe yourself. If you want to be aware of new episodes, just uh, ask me as a friend on LinkedIn or you can also subscribe to our newsletter on our website. That's uh, fidelis-cc.fr slash EFA. I am David Kleshman and I will see you soon for the next episode.